Hello, and welcome to the Rothwell Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence podcast. Our mission here at RCTLE is to empower faculty members in their pursuits of professional growth through diverse offerings for the universal goal of student success. Each episode will offer insight into best teaching practices, new resources, and interesting people here at Embry-Riddle Worldwide. We hope you will find our show to be helpful and enlightening. Happy listening! So today we have a really exciting interview. We're interviewing Pablo Alvarez. He's the Dean of Students here at the Worldwide Campus. How are you doing today, Pablo? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you. So you're relatively new to Embry-Riddle Worldwide, but not new to Embry-Riddle as a whole, I don't think. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Embry-Riddle Worldwide? Of course. So if I can give a little bit, go even a little bit further back, um, I came to Embry-Riddle back in 2005, wanting to study, and I've been here for a while. It's crazy. Uh, I got a bachelor's in aeronautical science. I just graduated, unfortunately, at the wrong time. Um, the FAA was increased, they were increasing the retirement age for pilots. We had the financial crisis, and long story short, 2008 was definitely a challenging year, and an opportunity presented itself to work for the enrollment office. It's crazy because I remember in the interview, they wanted me to commit to um, a minimum of three years and I actually laughed. I was like, there's no way. I, maybe, maybe a year. And here we are 13 years later. I, <laughs> I quickly learned, first of all, it's been a remarkable 13 years. I quickly learned that I had talents and interests that I didn't know I had. And serving students, representing an institution like Embry-Riddle that is truly a leader when it comes to aviation, aerospace, and the world of, of engineering, uh, it was just fun. And I learned a lot about myself and got involved and ended up becoming director of admissions, which I truly loved and enjoyed. And after five very good years, we brought in the largest enrollments at that campus. I wasn't looking for something new, but I heard about this opportunity at Worldwide to possibly pioneer, for lack of a better term, this world of having a dean of students office for a predominantly online modality university. And I did some research not knowing if it was something that I would have the skills or be interested in, but I very quickly became, I, I am very interested because I found that there wasn't a lot of other institutions that have that. And I like a good challenge. I like something that's different. I, the opportunity to take something that Embry-Riddle hasn't really explored and tried to provide a structure. All of it just seemed really exciting to me. I had known Embry-Riddle worldwide and had an opportunity to work intimately with them through our recruitment efforts um, a few years ago. And some people from worldwide may know, we really tried to streamline kind of our recruitment. So Prescott wasn't going out and recruiting just Prescott or Daytona wasn't going out and just recruiting Daytona. We were all, uh, regardless of what campus we were from, you as a student could ask us a question about anything Embry-Riddle and we would be able to help. So there was a lot of collaboration already happening. I already had some great relationships built out worldwide. And when uh, I saw and learned about this opportunity, I decided to give it a go and was ecstatic, for lack of a better word, to find out that I was selected to kind of trailblaze this opportunity for the institution. So that's, and that was November of 2019. That's how I ended up at Worldwide was with applying for the Dean of Students position and being hired for it. That's awesome. I love that story. Yeah. 2008. That was not, <laughs> that was an unfortunate year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For everything. But I mean, obviously you have recovered from that and I would, 
you know, I love to echo your sentiments about the pride of working for Amber Riddle. I feel super proud to work here and working for this institution that is such a great representation of like online education and what it means to really serve the students. So I echo that. When you first got here, the Dean of Students office really didn't exist. It was kind of or from my perspective, it was the student affairs office. And it was just Carrie Hugh Banks helping us settle those Salesforce tickets and um, doing the grievances and stuff. And you came on and really brought some of those departments together. And now you're offering so many more resources and services. So I was just wondering if you could summarize kind of what the Dean of Students office is. So I'm so happy you're asking that question. One of the first things I did when I got to uh, Worldwide, I was obviously get to meet Carrie and Arnold was the other person there. Okay. There has to be a special place in like Embry-Riddle, I don't know what, for, for these two individuals. They are such a, a pillar to Worldwide and to students and their hearts are truly set on advocating for students and helping them succeed. So I immediately connected to that. And one of the very first things I discovered is that we, the department really didn't have a, a purpose. They knew what they were supposed to do. They knew what the responsibilities were. But I took it upon myself to work with that team to create our first ever mission statement. And I felt like that would help define who we are. And our mission is to help students, to support students in their academic endeavors, to safeguard an inclusive global community, and to inspire affinity for the institution. And we it took us a while to get to that, but we are happy that we did. Because it, it identified what later became the Dean of Students Office for Worldwide, the three areas that we believe uh, are critical to student success. Supporting students on their academic endeavors. That really speaks to our general day-to-day. What can we do to help you as a student? And it's part of a lot of the research and opportunities that we're exploring to help students. You may have heard Dr. Watcher talk about the Wellness Initiative. That's a really big one. Offering students the opportunity for them to feel like they have a resource if they're struggling through depression or anxiety or, heaven forbid, are considering harming themselves. We will soon, very soon, have a resource that they can reach out to, get immediate support and help. And we also have learned that by educating and equipping faculty and staff accordingly, we're also indirectly helping students. So we wanted to make sure that this resource would also allow faculty or staff, should they be on the receiving end of a call where a student is in distress or wanting to harm themselves, the opportunity to call this number also and now have a third person intervening and helping. This uh, program will eventually offer students an option for the therapy and, and mental wellness counseling and just a lot of opportunities. And that's one that came out as a product of that first part of our mission statement. We want to ensure that students have Obviously, they have great academics at Embry-Riddle worldwide, Embry-Riddle in general, but when it comes to the online programming worldwide, uh, well, we wanted to go beyond that. We wanted to make sure students had other resources to help them overall. And that's just one example. The second part speaks to um, when we say um, safeguarding an inclusive global community, it really speaks to student affairs and kind of what Carrie does. We daily are here to either receive student of concern forms from anybody at the institution that feels that we need to be made aware of a potential student, of a student who's potentially in a dire circumstance, or we're also here for students to file grievances if they feel like they're not being treated fairly or if they feel like they need somebody to help advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And we have also created our code of conduct, which we've expanded ever since I also came on, to really make sure that 
when it comes to anybody in a classroom at Embry-Riddle Worldwide, they truly feel like they there's a structure built that's going to allow them to learn. That's why we're here, to learn. Not to worry about being harassed, not to worry about being discriminated against, not to worry that my gender or my race or my or sexual orientation or whatever may play into whether or not I can study and do well at Embry-Riddle. We wanted to, yeah. to spend time really providing structure for that. And then the last part of our statement, when we say inspire affinity for the university, that is kind of the, the blank canvas part of it, where we really want to, and we know we have to invest in this. This isn't going to happen half-heartedly, but we want to make sure that we're investing and we're proactively creating and curating opportunities so that students feel like they're connected to Embry-Riddle beyond Canvas. They understand Canvas. We have Canvas, but how do I develop a bigger identity? And while the opportunities and the ideas that we have for that are, are quite a few and we're excited about them, we're trying to phase them in uh, to give you a few of them. eUnion is definitely one of the platforms that we're using, which I know we'll discuss. Um, we also are working with building a new orientation module that's not just Canvas heavy, that actually connects students nationally and regionally. We're also doing interest groups. One of our ideas that we're hoping to launch soon, because we've been doing trivia nights, but one of our ideas is maybe you like to cook and we're exploring options of maybe sending pre-made recipe boxes to students and then through a Ooh. Zoom meeting, you can cook and then we help, as you're making dishes, we help connect you with other students who are interested in cooking and really hoping to provide a platform for students to connect in a way that's not academic. And what's so interesting about this is, I'll even admit, when I heard about this or approach this concept, I was I was curious as to whether or not students at Worldwide really did want to connect outside of the classroom, <laughs> or if not. And I can tell you, between the trivia nights and the SGA elections that recently happened, seeing students vote, seeing students speak up, seeing students want to get involved, validated full stop that at Embry-Riddle Worldwide, students are excited about the academics, but man, are they wanting and craving to get involved and get connected somehow. Wow. I feel like that's really awesome. I didn't know those interest groups sound really cool. And you have a lot going on in your short time in this role. And I think that that is probably what we were missing before. You know, we do a great job with the academic side of it, but I feel like we were kind of missing that community aspect that you would get at a physical brick and mortar school with a student union and different clubs and places, you know, for students to connect outside of that academic work. I feel like you've really done a good job bringing all of that together because I think students need a those resources, regardless of if they're at a physical campus or if they're online worldwide. And sometimes they need that even more. So I think that that's awesome. You've really ushered in that new sense of community with the E-Union and the Worldwide SGA. So I kind of want to take some time to talk about that. What is the E-Union and why and how should faculty use it? Great question also. So E-Union is Embry-Riddle Worldwide's virtual community. And we named it E-Union because uh, we wanted it to mirror kind of like a student union. We know that we'll never have a brick and mortar student union at Worldwide. So the closest thing we felt we were going to get to that was this virtual community. Um, I had a professor or heard a professor once refer to it. So I'm, and I will eventually remember his name. I'm sorry, but I cannot take credit for this. But I really like what he said because he said for him, Canvas is the classroom. E-Union is the hallway. And I really, really like that because that's, oh, wow. that's, that's right. kind of what it is. It's It's that place where connections can happen, where you can, um, you know, when you meet people or you greet people or you maybe say, hey, did you hear about the lecture that's happening? Are you going to that or not? And just a, a hallway where the stuff that doesn't happen in Canvas can have a place to exist. So 
I, I love that analogy because I think it helps it helps everybody understand the next step, which is how to use it. And I get that question often from different constituents. For faculty, I'll say, how do, how do I use or how do you use eUnion? It's really up to you to the level and extent. I think you can go really deep into it and create your own group and ha- house a lot of your class and course materials that you want outside of Canvas. You can have a place to store them, facilitate discussions that are outside of Canvas that you perhaps want. I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit with that. But that can also be overwhelming. So what we're asking right now, faculty, is just to make themselves available on can, on eUnion. Create a profile so students can research you, have some interests. You know, as a faculty member, something that you're, um, and I, I think some try to do it in their Canvas bios, but when you have kind of a profile in eUnion where you're able to talk about your hobbies and interests and what you do in your free time, it may not seem like a big deal, but those small connections help build affinity. It helps see us all at, and remind us all that even though we work in an online modality, we are still people on the other end of a computer with similar interests, similar passions, and similar hobbies. So I think creating the profile and being a little vulnerable and sharing a little bit more about what you do and, and what your interests are, I think is a great option. And then using the chat feature. I think we live in a, in a time and age where students just want to text or want to message. I will also say, I used to be one of those people that were like, students will never text us. They're going to be annoyed by it. My experience with texting has been the complete opposite. Students prefer it. Students love it. They just rather, they don't want to be on the phone. They don't want to spend time writing an email. Hey, yeah. oh my gosh, I forgot to ask my professor something. Let me send a quick message in a union. Yeah. So nobody's sharing cell phones. Nobody's sharing personal contacts. And then if you have notifications set up, you'll get that notice. And you can literally from your phone click on it and just provide a quick response, which could be, great question. I'm going to follow up with you in an email tomorrow morning. Because I understand email is a great way and an official way to document things. So mm-hmm. for now, creating that, that presence, making yourself available to being contacted on a union is excellent because it will start to build that affinity and also continue driving students to the platform. I think that's what we're looking for is your support and help and bringing students to the platform. If it comes to informational, they'll, they'll return to other resources and we're hoping to have help in the same way that we're housing and fostering a lot of our projects and ideas in a union, faculty encouraging students to use it for contact can also be a great way, a great uh, a great resource. So that's how faculty can use it. And then as far as our vision for it, we want it to be a place where students can connect, where clubs and organizations can form, where meetings can happen, where gatherings can happen, where in essence a place of being will um or connecting will occur and yeah. hoping that through the structure that we built and also linking a lot of earning to it will help facilitate that. I think that is in line with our mission here at RCTLA too, because we coach and mentor our faculty to really create an online presence and make yourself a human, kind of like humanize yourself to your students. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a robot, you have likes, you have interests, um, you know, share a little bit more. And I feel like the e-union is a good tool for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a little bit more informal than Canvas mm-hmm. would be. So I think that that's a great way for instructors to kind of share a little bit more about themselves. I really like what you said about the texting or the chat feature, turning on um, the notifications. I think that that I think you're right. I think that if I was able to text my instructors when I was in college, or kind of talk to them in a more informal way. It would have made me feel a little bit more comfortable. It would have made me feel like they were a little bit more approachable. I think it's also a good medium for them to share personal experiences in the field and kind of connect in other ways other than just, you know, that academic side. So I think that that's really awesome. I, I agree entirely. 
parenthetical, by the way, RCTOE has been, as an adjunct faculty, you guys have been amazing in, like, helping. Oh, yay. Because usually I have so many questions. I remember the first time I post grades, I read that document and still had questions. And you guys have been, always been super open, super kind. And I can't speak for all adjunct, but from, for myself, it's been great to have you guys as a resource. And I'm happy you mentioned the texting because I just, I, I make myself available on it. And it's crazy. Usually on, on Wednesday nights, you'll get that uni notification from a student who's quickly like, Professor Alvarez, I'm so sorry. I've gotten caught up with something. Can I have until 6 a.m. tomorrow to submit an assignment or something? And usually I'm like, oh, of course. And you know, I'm not going to grade them until I'm not yeah. morning to grade your paper. So sure, that's fine. And I, again, it's so easy to think, oh, we have to do overarching big things. But I think these small acts in a way that we may not even be aware, help build affinity, help build a connection with the faculty, with students, and it's simply a message on e-union. So. I think the other part of that, you know, the e-union, obviously, just the inherent nature of it kind of mimics that feel of that social media platform. So we are creating mm-hmm. that community, and that was that first step. And then I feel like the worldwide SGA came up. So like a brick-and-mortar school would usually have an SGA with a president and, you know, vice president and all of that. And I feel like that's pretty standard. But I was really excited to see that worldwide was implementing that as well, because I do think that that you know, now our student body kind of has representation and someone to kind of give them a voice. And I think that that is really, really exciting. So my question to you is, what was the impetus behind implementing a worldwide SGA? Of course. So the impetus, I will say, actually traces back to the Board of Trustees. They A charter was set out decades ago to allow all students and all entities to have proper representation at the board level. So when I started and I learned about that, I also learned that it was kind of in my realm to eventually help build the infrastructure to have that student representation. And when I also found out that to date, at every board meeting, only stu- uh, representation from Singapore, Daytona, and Prescott were at those meetings, but never from worldwide. Mm-hmm. I asked about that, and I asked, you know, how soon how soon could we get that ball rolling? And when I was told, as soon as I was ready, I just hit the ground hard in March. And we uh, drafted articles for a constitution. We built them kind of a structure. We also drafted articles for vacancy guidelines and how to hire or, or recruit or do the election. That part was difficult because it required us to make decisions in advance. And uh, once we got to the place of building a structure that was simple, but still robust enough so the new incoming officials could work out of something, but also still have a structure that would safeguard a fair election. I think that was also top of our mind that makes sure that a student who wanted to see the votes, who wanted transparency, who wanted to know who could apply, who could not apply, all of that needed to be transparent, full stop. So we built that structure as well. And I think we were ready by the summer to promote it and go live and, um, and and move forward. And I will say when we went live with it, we had no idea what to expect. We actually started with just three positions because we were hoping for maybe three or four applications. We yeah. got 10 times that, if not more. It was so oh, wow. the amount of applications that came in, the amount of students that voted even. I mean, still, they were small. When you look at 30 or 20 some, 30 some thousand students, it's still a small population that participated, but that small population still incredibly exceeded what we would have ever expected. Yeah. From an online community, students from all over the globe were voting. It was so, so, so cool to see that come to life. And we were very happy to make the announcement that Jamarius, Laura, and Michael, it was so great to have them come in and, and uh, start. And they also 
had exceeded our expectations. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how fast or how much training. Jamarius has already built an incredible structure that we know we will not get filled maybe in a year or two even, but it offers almost a hundred different vacancies for students to get involved at a local position, at a regional position, or even at a higher position. He's also created kind of a student court, uh, which we hope to fill in the future that kind of will allow if there are any internal situations to be dealt within that, um, within that system. It's really cool. I think Jamarius' vision is he would like if you ask any student at Worldwide, do you feel like your voice is heard by one of your SGA representatives, that they feel that they can say truly yes, whether it's because they have somebody at their local campus or they have somebody regionally that they can contact and get a response. We want to make sure students have those voices heard because ultimately you are right. Jamarius is responsible for submitting a report to the board. He's been invited to the board meeting in March. So this March will be the first time a Worldwide student, elected by Worldwide students, will be at the board meeting with a report submitted and having an opportunity to speak to them and share the interests of students at Worldwide. I think the weight of that, it's so easy to overlook, but it is such a celebration and such an excitement in our office for our mission, ensuring students, supporting students in their academic endeavor. Yeah, that is a huge deal. I didn't know that the SGA representatives got to attend, mm-hmm. or the presidents or whatever, um, got to attend those board meetings. That's uh-huh. really a big deal, I think. Yeah, they sit at the table, and I think that is so again as if i didn't have enough reasons to be in love with this institution yeah i think the fact that our leadership values so incredibly students and student voices and their interests again another reason why i enjoy what i do and why i enjoy being here it's just another reason that validates worldwide as a great part of the university sometimes i feel like because there's not like a brick and mortar campus we can feel overlooked but i think that this making this presence with mm-hmm. the SGA and the E-Union, and we are functioning at a really high level, just the way mm-hmm. any brick-and-mortar university would. I think it really solidifies our place as a top institution, so I'm really excited for all of that. How can our faculty members use the Dean of Students Office? You obviously have tons of resources mm-hmm. for students, but we kind of want to show our faculty how they can use those resources to be of service. Of course. Well, we want to be, uh, I'm so happy you're asking that because we really want to be a resource for anybody at Embry-Riddle when it comes to students. If you have a question about a student, if you have a concern about a student, if you need help with a student, we may not have the resources or answers, but we really want to pride ourselves in being able to connect you with that. Whether it be you're struggling, you're worried about a student because they're not being active at all in a class. Send a student of concern form. We can do some research. We can check out and make sure that the student is okay. We can do things on our part. Or whether it be you're having a very difficult time with a class because a student is just being unruly and making the space uncomfortable, we don't want that either. So then notify us of that. And we, we want to make sure that when it comes to the faculty, that they truly feel like I can come in and teach this class and not have to worry about the logistics that surround that, behavioral logistics, let's call it, because there's an awesome office at Worldwide that is supporting me in this process as well. I think that would be the biggest thing. Um, we're hoping to grow more and we're hoping to offer, you know, if you want to promote a scholarship, if you want to promote, let me actually go ahead and say right now, if you have an interesting opportunity for students, whether it be a scholarship, whether it be like an interesting research, we can't promise that we'll promote them all, but we do and have sent out emails from our office with these opportunities for students. We want students to assimilate that Dean of Students email address with, hey, this is something important because it's going to help me, whether it be a scholarship, research opportunity, 
something, we want to, we're here for that as well. So anything that you want to promote, um, and if we can't promote it via an, an official email, we'll definitely help you promote it in a union and get that word out. Also, e-union, let me say that. If you have any questions about e-union, that falls under our purview, under our Department of Student Experience, kind of like a student activities department, but mm-hmm. at we're calling it the student experience. And we are we are equipped with people that can help you set up your groups, help you understand a union, whatever it is, let us know, and, and we'll definitely help. The last thing I'll say about faculty support and help, and this is kind of a different topic, but if there were any faculty wanting to start their own study abroad, we are also the office to help you do that. If you've ever considered, my gosh, I'd love to teach a course internationally, wherever it may be, let us know. We have a, a structure now built. We'd love, we have student interests, which is great. We are priding ourselves on having a different structural programming to the residential campuses where instead of being out for so many months, we're offering a shorter one. So it is still a nine-week course, but you do two weeks abroad and, and it can come back and you still get the same face-to-face and experience necessary during the study abroad. So know that we're also where all of that is managed. But just in general, from a higher level, if you have any questions or concerns about a student or you just need help navigating something regarding a student that's behavioral, that's not academic. Let us know. We'd love to help. That's really cool about the study abroad. It didn't. Did we have a study abroad program before that, or is this something that's new? It's something that's new, uh, and we have our first our first one is scheduled for July. It's in Berlin and Prague by Dr. Walt and Bob Walton. He actually, I have to say, I can't. I don't want to take credit for having started that idea. Bob, I think, wanted to kind of get the ball rolling. He just he needed. He needed some lift, and I was the wind under his wings that helped. Yeah. It, that helped it happen. But he, and that's just the first one. Uh, we, he's also planning another one in Amsterdam for September. But he doesn't have to be the only one. Any faculty member can start one. We can guide you through the application process, what's required. You should know that part of the cost for these programs, we do include that um, in student costs. So students will support faculty attending these events. And again, we can go through all those questions. But if again contingent on COVID, contingent on um, the university's new travel policy and making sure Berlin and Prague meet those requirements before we make a no-go, a go or no-go, which we'll be having to make in April. If August is going to plan, our first will be in, in June. Good. I really do hope that that pans out. That would be really exciting. So there's so much that we could talk about. <laughs> there's so many different resources and things coming together. After all of this that you have accomplished, what do you think now is your vision for like the future of the Dean of Students Office? That is a great question. And, you know, you say we, we've accomplished a lot. I, I'm flattered to hear you say that. I don't think we intended that. We were fortunate because we had a lot of dreams. We had a lot of ideas. I was ready to put things on hold. But we I, I'm very fortunate to have Dr. Watchett and the university leadership that's so, so supportive of this and to see them backing us, to see them investing in us, to see them valuing this resource, the wellness, the university wellness, the SGA, all of that takes time, takes resources. And it's been so, so encouraging to see that the, the leadership of the institution is also valuing this. I've been very, very fortunate. So we have accomplished a lot. Moving forward, I think we want to build the structure that we have. My original vision was to create a dean of students presence for worldwide. That was the first thing, and we have accomplished that this year. Yeah. There's dean of students earning side. There's we've rebranded, we've renamed. We want everybody to know that worldwide does not just have a student affairs. We have that, but we have a proper dean of students office and umbrella that should be able to. 
um, match and meet the level of efficiencies at the residential campuses or any brick and mortar institution like you mentioned. I think that's a great, a great way to compare it. So I think my vision moving forward is now that I've, I'm, we're actually in the process of hiring our last new additions. We were a small group of three, four, five, if you include the project managers, we'll be like eight or nine by the time it's all said and done. So it's very Yay. exciting. Yeah. And I will say we, it's all coming at a good time because we, have had an increase in workload, not because things are not going well. I like clarifying that. You know, when you tell people we're busy, they're like, oh my gosh, are there more grievances because students are upset? I don't think it's that. I just think students are aware. I think staff are aware that we are existing and that we're here and it's increased a little bit. So we have a structure that really will help facilitate just making sure students are served, that students are equipped, that students are prepared. So for now, once the structure's in place, it's just to really solidify our operations, make sure that we're being efficient. And I would say in the long run, I, if my goal would be if years from now, after we built this department, if you were to ask a student at Embry-Riddle, how do you feel about your dean of student's office? That the response would be something to the effect of, what an incredible resource. They helped me succeed. They supported me. They were my advocate. They, whatever it may be, we really want them to feel like we're here for them and to help them. And from faculty and staff, it would be refreshing and, and encouraging to also hear them say, well, the Dean of Students Office is such a support. Uh, you know, when I needed help with a student or when I needed to navigate a non-academic situation, they really helped me help the student. And that's why we're here. I feel like, yes, we love Embry-Riddle and yes, we love aviation. And it's what, I know it's what's in my heart, and but I've heard it from other students, uh, from other faculty, sorry, and staff. Our passion is the students and we love yeah. At the end of the day, I feel like most, if not all, discussions or disagreements or topics that arise at our institution boil down to a simple answer when you just focus on the students. Yeah, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, the student experience is the most important. And I do think that integrating the dean of students office was, you know, part of a missing piece there of the student experience. So I'm really, really excited about, you know, seeing what you guys do in the future and already so excited about what you've already accomplished. And I think you're well on your way to your goal. And I'm very happy for the open lines of communication and the relationship with the dean of students office and our team Mm -hmm. just because, you know, we are here to support faculty. You're here to support students. And I think that, you know, our collaboration can really take that to the next level. So I'm just very happy. I agree. Thank you for the opportunity. I will say that I, you know, we're trying to get our name out. We want to make sure that people know that we are here. We're hoping to host town halls eventually. I, I think I would like to host a quarterly town hall where come all, come on, come all kind of questions. And, um, I think eventually, once we have a good structure and workload is a bit more under control because there's a lot of balls in the air right now, I would love to also have office hours that students could go online and, and say, I want to meet with the dean of students. I'm going to schedule myself in. And then on a weekly rotating basis, there's an opportunity to actually connect with me directly face to face. I think all of that has value and importance. So we'll get there. But as you said, a lot has happened and we're still like, <laughs> we're still, we just need a few of these things to land and then we'll, we'll throw yeah. some more in the air. And then hopefully throughout the year and throughout next year, hopefully all this COVID stuff will settle down and we'll feel normal again. Probably not, but hopefully you're right. It all settles and it'll all be good and we'll be able to move forward. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I really, really enjoy our conversation and I hope to check in with you soon. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. That's all we have for today, and thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. 
If you have any questions or even suggestions for topics you'd like to hear in the future, feel free to leave a comment below or send an email to rctle at erau.edu.